Welcome to the Amplify to Seven Figures podcast, where we look inside the mind of seven-figure entrepreneurs to see how they amplify their business and amplify their life. Let's welcome today's guest. Today's guest is on a mission to free one million people from financial bondage and rip apart conventional wisdom for the mainstream investor looking for the truth about money and investing. His strategies have given individuals total control of their retirement money to invest in real assets like real estate, gold, and crypto. Please give a very warm welcome to today's guest, Damien Lupo. How are you doing, Damien? I'm awesome, Paul. It's good to see you, man. Glad to be here. Yes, super excited to have you on the show. Now, one of the first questions we want to ask is, why do you feel people choose to stay in the current financial situation? I think it's honestly like when people are in abusive relationships, it's what they know and and they get comfortable with it. There's a lot of security. Even if something hurts or it's not great, the unknown is more painful because our minds will conjure up an idea that we're going to be eaten alive by some wild animal if we go into the darkness. So we'd rather just stay in the place that's really kind of ho-hum or average because at least we know what to expect tomorrow. Where do you see when people actually make that shift though, right? So they they go from where they are to actually going, hey, now I'm going to make a change. You know, my experience in, in having that happen with me, because I've, I've switched a number of times and watching people that I've worked with and just entrepreneurs, it's there, there tends to be something that is an external driver. Either there's a pain point where we just, like I had my, in my book, Reinvented Life, I talked about the trigger moment and, and, and that's where something changes and it's so emotional that you can't undo it. It's, it's where you basically break apart. And the other one is, is when you, you've got something that becomes so profoundly important, a mission for other people, that's what pulls you. It's kind of like gravity. You can't turn off gravity. It just keeps going and you can fight it, but eventually you have to, you'll succumb to it because it's that powerful. So I think when you shift away from yourself, I think what most people do is they don't have anything big enough because it's mostly internal. It's like, okay, what do I want? I'm a hedonist. And I say that because I was the world's greatest hedonist about 15 years ago. And when you switch to focusing on other people and how you can improve other people and, and scale, and that's when things really start changing and you can pivot because it's more, it's beyond you. What was that? What was that trigger for you? Because obviously, I mean, your your why is is to free free one million people from from financial bondage. So, what what was the triggering your your mind or in your life that went? Do you know what? I'm going to make it about other people, not about me. Well, the the first part of the trigger was when I had twenty million dollars in my portfolio, and I I took the twenty and turned it into negative five over twelve months. So I had a twenty five million dollar loss, and basically went to zero and beyond. And so that at when that happened, that was a pretty big deal, except I sort of ignored it and said, well, that's, you know, whatever, like, I'm just going to pretend it didn't happen, which is a really great strategy for people. Just pretend it didn't happen and it didn't happen. And uh, eventually after a couple of years, I said, okay, I need to figure out what happened and and really what I need to do next. And in that period, I had one, it was the moment where I had these federal agents, US government agents show up at my door, armed agents with with guns, uh, badges. And I, I saw them there and it, it, I thought they were coming for me. And it turns out they were actually looking for the person that lived in the house before me. I didn't know that when they came up and it scared me so much. I realized I was living in fear and most people are living in fear of something, running out of money. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're wanting to run away from their spouse, but they can't. Like there's always, there's this fear. And if you can look at it face to face and go, what am I actually afraid of? You can start switching. And I said, I'm, I think I'm afraid of not having significance or contribution. And a couple of years later, I realized, wow, you know what? The thing that I'm here for is to teach people and to show them by example how to be free financially. 
break those shackles. And so that was the shift. It was really just saying, what what the heck is the purpose of my life here? Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's certainly something that would give you a bit of a trigger, right? Armed, uh, <laughs> armed federal agents showing up at your door. So that's that's magical. Now, now, if if I well, first, firstly, t- tell me a little bit about what a EQRP is. You know, is it something that only relates to to American people, or is it something that can be used across the board? Well, it's a tool for for anybody that has any type of income in America, in the United States of America. I got in trouble when I was in in Uruguay because I said America, and they said it's not only North America. If you say America, that's us too. And I was like, okay, so I got to be really clear because people get upset when you call, you know yourself the only america but it's it's really it's a, a retirement account that that people can use they have something in in australia that is similar where you get control and the bottom line is about it's about people getting control of their money and their assets so that they can invest in things that aren't just mutual funds that are not just stocks because we've been taught and trained by a system that you are too stupid to run your money and you should be able to and you should just hand it over because the experts are should be in charge of it so what what the EQRP is, it's it's a tool for people to take their retirement account into their own hands and invest in things that make sense, like real estate, like crypto, Bitcoin, gold, all these other things that are out there. And you can do the same stuff like the stocks and the and the shares and and such. But really it's a it's a it's an idea. The EQRP is an idea around self-responsibility. It's around you taking control and being in charge and not blaming anybody else for your life. Mm. Do you do you think that essence of self-responsibility is becoming more prominent than it's ever been as well now just like with the this whole gig economy that we, we seem to be coming into now and a lot more people like working in the freelance world and wanting to own their own stuff is is that something that you're noticing like with the people that you're working with i would actually say that that's a hundred percent this the shift there's the division in society is not between left and right or Republican and Democrat or different politics, it's really between self-responsible and victims. 100%. When you look at the gig economy, for your example, you've got people that are out there, like I was in, in Texas yesterday and this morning, and we had people that were doing Uber driving and they were they were running around and, and that's the gig economy. It's people that are hustling. And, and so they're out there. And I mean, these people are working hard and I look at that and then I see politicians that are saying, well, we should give everybody benefits if they're doing anything. And I look at that and I go, that's not a good thing to do for people to just give them benefits. Let people create their own benefits because you're taking away their that that hunger and that drive if you just become if you but you're turning them into slaves. And I think that that's what the system wants to do, having people reliant because then they'll keep voting other those people back into power. So there is a division. And once you get sucked into being a victim and you're blaming or you're saying, okay, when's my next stimulus check? Then you're always going to be a slave. And that's the trap that you you got to get out of. The people that take responsibility, there is no upward ceiling like truly there's not if you want to go become a billionaire if you want to impact a billion lives like whatever it is you want in your life there's no ceiling unless you put one in place on your on your own i mean that's the reality and people don't get that they're yelling about how their problems are somebody else's but they're not they're yours because you're choosing them you can also choose to not have them and go take responsibility yeah and i think some some people may listen to that and if, if it hits if it hits a nerve you you're probably in that victim mentality right now right i think there's one, one of my favorite Things, uh, sayings is, is a book by Larry Wingett, and he all of his books have amazing titles. One of them is Sh- "Shut Up, Stop Whining, Get a Life." Another one's called "Your Life Is Your Own Damn Fault," and it's it. I love it. He, he's called the pit bull of of personal development, and I love his attitude. Look, stop whining, shut up, go get a life, go do it. Like there's nobody. Like what are you waiting for? In especially if you're in the in the free world in a Western country, I mean, what you can choose. 
I don't care if you have, I'm a high, I graduated high school and that was it. I got thrown out of college. And, and so people say, well, you're, you're smart. I'm like, no, I just worked my ass off. I went out there and bled and got bald and that's called scar tissue. And it's because I was willing to work longer and harder and, and learn more because people go, well, I work hard and I go, yeah, but ditch diggers don't get rich. You got to be smarter when you work harder too. And so people have to combine those things and then grind the crap out of their life for a while, not five minutes, probably years. Yeah. And it, there's a, there is a thing about this like whole hustle mentality, right? As well. And, and I think like you say, it's, it's almost temporary. So like, yeah, you need to hustle and you say, what is it? Grinding your twenties, building your thirties and then enjoy it in your forties or something like that. How true do you think that is? I, I think that's a great theory, but I think in our 20s, we're too stupid to realize that we need to start the process. So we wait until our 30s and 40s to start the process. Most people, I mean, I look at, <laughs> and I'm talking about me, for example, like I was hustling my butt off, but I was also too arrogant in my 20s and, and I was shooting, you know, everything all over the place instead of focusing like a laser. And so it's a, it's a good idea. I don't think people in general are generally mature enough in their 20s to really start building or doing the thing. And I think we squander it. And it's, I think everybody should be out there searching for a period of time. And then I think they need, they need to stop searching and focus. The problem is focusing 10. I've seen people, I remember a good friend of mine that I knew, met 20 years ago when he was my age, early forties. And then one day he woke up and now he's like 63 and he's still grinding. And I was like, yeah, you forgot to plant some seeds, dude. You can't just go over there and, and cut trees down and say, I'm going to sell firewood. Like you got to go replant the things. And, and I think that's what people are missing. They're missing the seed planting. I I love that analogy. Now now tell me tell me a little bit about what what you mean by a wealth runway. So wealth runway basically is the is the amount of of capital. It's the amount of assets that you have. That if if you were to take everything you've got, and this is called a lot of different things. Uh, it's it's the run rate. It's the burn rate. It's if you have let's say your expenses are five thousand dollars per month, and you've got ten thousand dollars, or you've got ten thousand dollars worth of stock, something that's liquid. You literally have two months of oxygen financially, and most people have two months or less. Oftentimes, it's less than a month, meaning if you lost your job or your income source, you're out. So the idea is to build up assets that will cover you your whole life. The problem with our system is that it says, go out and just have a bunch of stocks. And the problem with stocks is there's a finite amount. Like If you've got a million dollars of stocks, you're thinking, I'm losing my runway every month that I spend something. So a, a better way, a better approach is to find assets that are producing cash flow that are basically working for you. And every month they're kicking something off. And this is where you have to become more sophisticated because the traditional markets, stocks and bonds don't do that anymore. They basically give you piss all. Like they don't, they don't produce. You have to look at alternatives, private businesses. You have to look at real estate. You've got to look at something. You can look at DeFi, decentralized financial markets where you're, you've got, you're investing your Bitcoin and things that are, I mean, there's all sorts of things, but it's, it's about getting some assets that are working and paying you $5,000 a month forever. That's when you're truly free, when you've got these, these assets and that you know how to build them. Because if I handed you an asset that produces, but you don't know how to build it, you're still going to be afraid. What if I ever lost my asset? I don't know what to do. So the key to freedom is building the muscle. And then if it all goes away, you can rebuild it again real fast because you already know it's inherent instinctual. That's the big shift. It's interesting what you say about other different uh, platforms that are cash producing, and you touched on it a little bit there in terms of like decentralized things and stuff like that. Is it so? Where where are you focusing your attention at the moment? Like, you know, are you weighting a lot of it towards things like crypto and stuff like that, or or is it like real diversify between like like that and gold and um, real estate and so on and so forth? There's there's definitely a mix. I think the the biggest 
the biggest thing we're going to see, and if you pay attention to the, the crypto and the DeFi space and you pay attention to anybody, everybody should be paying attention to Raul Paul on Real Vision. And, and the, the reason that it's important is because this is exponential. It's it's something that's going to change every part of our lives because of the metaverse, and because when you when and whenever time whenever you have a, a network effect, when you have more and more people going into some system, it's not that ten percent more people creates ten percent more value in that system. Ten percent more people may double the value of the system. That's the network effect. It's like what happened to Facebook. So we've got these systems like crypto. There's a hundred million people that have some type of crypto in the world. There's almost there's eight billion people. So if you think about that. What, what does that mean? That means there's a hundred times more people that don't have crypto yet than do. So that's a lot of exponential growth for people as they begin to begin to participate in this system. And so I'm really excited about that. I also like things as, as dumb as dirt, literally. I like to invest in dirt because houses get built on dirt, apartment gets built, and we need those all over the I mean, all over the United States and around the world, there's a housing shortage. So it's I like simple, dumb things. I like gold. I like the crypto space because it's exponential. It's probably the biggest shift in maybe in history. I mean, you go back all the way to the Gutenberg Bible and the printing press, like this is a shift that will shift freedom into people's hands and take it away from central authorities. That is exciting to me. What well, what's your what's your opinion on NFTs? I think NFTs are a are something that is the precursor to uh, tokenized everything, meaning everything that we have out there, everything that we own is going to be tokenized. It's going to be on the blockchain. It's going to be freely accessible for people to move around and trade and be in and out of real estate. It's going to take a lot of the fat and friction out of the system and basically dissolve it. So it's like a high heat thing where you're burning off all the fat to the steak. All you're left is with the, with the lean meat. If you're a meat eater, if you're vegan, you probably hate that analogy, but I mean, it is what it is. NFTs are, are something that. I think people got excited about and they still are, but they don't realize that that's what our system is going to look like for ownership of everything. It's going to take away accountants, attorneys, title companies. It's going to really shift things to where they're mobile in, in the metaverse, which is this online idea where people live and work and play and whatever function in this online environment. You, NFTs, like you're going to go there and NFTs, what is it? It's ownership of things. So it's important to pay attention. It's not just for some piece of artwork or, so, or Jack Dorsey's first tweet that's being sold for $4 million. That's not the point. It's that we're tokenizing everything instead of physically having titling. Mm. I, I, I've, got, I've got a theory and I, I want to see if you think it's mad or not. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe, let's see. So, so I, I think in another 20, maybe even less, maybe than that, I think most people will have some kind of barcode or biometrics or whatever that there will be no there will be no cards there'll be no chip and pin there'll be no cash everything will just scan with your body i think that's likely um i think i think that there's a push to have everybody being part of the matrix in in a way so there's a centralized version of this and there's a decentralized version there's a there's a version of this and i think they're going to go to war just like things like bitcoin versus central bank digital currency are are war because you have one that's part of a centralized system to control and basically have a bunch of people that, that it feeds on. And then there's another system that's entirely based on freedom. It's creation. It's, 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 uh, it's not in one person's hand or some, some group of people. So I, I think we're likely to see both of these things unfolding. The, the great news is the decentralized space is happening faster and it's spread out and you can't stop it unless you turn off the internet. And I don't think there's a government in the world that's going to turn them, themselves off unless you're in North Korea. And then they, you know, they do that. But most of the rest of the world, the internet's going to stay on. And as long as that's on, this is happening and it's it's more likely to be decentralized than centralized. 
Now, when it comes to things like like cryptocurrency, uh, when you're looking for opportunities, are you looking at going, hey, I'm just going to invest like, you know, I know you can kind of invest almost like a index fund, right, in the in the market in general. Uh, and at the same time, what what do you, what do you look for? Do you look in the strength of the project? Are, are you, what what are you looking for in terms of what you invest? As an entrepreneur, I'm looking for the problem that's being solved. I'm not looking at for I'm not I don't look at Doge or Shinbu or whatever you know some dog and say oh look it's going to go up ten thousand times. Some of them will, but I, that's not how I look at it. I go what is the protocol? What's the platform? What are they doing? What what big problem are they solving? There's I've experienced a number of them that are lending money and they do it so so fast and so easy and effortless. I look at that and I go that's that's something I want to get involved with. I like things. There's uh, File and some other ones that are disrupting the drop boxes and the boxes where they have decentralized storage that's secure. I like it because I trust the code. I don't worry about Dropbox or Box. I don't have to worry about it because they might be hacked. This one, you can see the code. You can say, okay, is this super encrypted? And I just like the fact that it's shifting back where the wealth is being transferred to people because of their participation, not because some you know, not because Nancy Pelosi or whoever's in charge of whatever government says we're going to spread out the wealth, but the wealth is really staying in the hands of the people. It's the same thing with DeFi when you talk about farming, which is a, you know, a way for you to basically be a part of the banking liquidity. And you see how much money is made in that system. And then you go, well, how is this possible? That's how much money is being made in the banking system, but the banks are keeping it. So yeah. what's happening is all that bank wealth is going back to people. I love this concept. Bankers hate it. They're like, they're trying to protect their system and they're going to fight it. I mean, we're seeing it all over the place. We see bankers pushing back, not wanting people to use their banks to do any type of crypto buying or anything else. And, and well, I mean, fortunately, they're going to be put out of business. It's a matter of time. Mm. I mean, yeah, this is this this is deep stuff. And um, uh, yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> now, now, I just want to take a slightly different turn as, as well. The background that you come from is you're also a fifth fifth degree black belt. So how how is how has that helped you in your business and financial life? You know to become where you are now. I, I had a mentor years ago that told me that there's really two types of people that end up leading in in society. They're military people and martial arts people. People that in general, if you just look at broad strokes, you look at people that are running giant companies or big organizations or governments they tend to have martial arts or military background. And a, a big part of that is the discipline and to be able to stay focused on the mission. And, and so with martial arts, there's, there's a process where if you actually want to become a martial artist, and in my case, I studied Aikido for many, many years and then developed my own martial art called Yokido, that was a function of staying in something for, for 15, 20 years. You know, like you, you evolve into something that's your own and, and it, 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 it really changes things when you can be that disciplined. Like the only way to be a, a decent and then a great martial artist is you just it's, it's called a plateau effect and there's there's a book by george leonard who passed away called mastery and the plateau inside of mastery is where you're doing these whatever that thing is in martial arts you're doing the thing and you're like nothing's happening year goes by two years goes by it feels like nothing and then one day you pop out of that plateau and it's easy and effortless and you're like what just happened that's the same way it's like the universe is testing your commitment and how resilient are you going to be regardless of how many times you get punched in the face, whether it's in business or in the dojo? And, and this is how the universe works. I'm convinced that there is no exception to that. You have to be willing to plateau and just keep going. People generally quit about two inches before that, that pop and, and they don't even realize it. So sometimes you have to quit. Like there's a time to quit and there's a time to commit. And in the beginning you commit and then you have to, you have to use sometimes your in, internal instincts and sometimes mentors to help you decide when to go on. I've been told at times that I should just 
stop and leave what I was doing. Everybody told me, and I said, I'm the, I'm the crazy honey badger. I'm going to keep going. And I went on and I was by myself. And, and that has worked a number of times. And it's interesting because you have to have enough fortitude and belief in yourself that you're unwilling to listen to anybody but your own instincts. And that's hard, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 100% especially when it comes to discipline. It's almost, um, I, I think I saw, I saw a video from Alex Harmozy, um, and one of the things he talked about is like skill stacking and that compound growth of skill stacking. You don't realize that you're putting your skills on top and it's you might be 98% of the way there and it's just this one skill that you're missing and once you master that, everything else becomes clear. Have you found something similar in your business and finances? Well, what's, what's, what's bizarre is that when you're actually out there doing something, I, you know, I hear a lot of people say, well, I've got 10 years of experience or, or 20 years. And I go, no, you have one year experience 20 times. Like you don't really have anything. And, and what people have to do is go deeper. You can do the same thing, but you got to go deeper. If you're, if, well, if you do the same thing over and over and nothing really changes, you don't go deeper. It's called you work with government probably. And, and I mean, that's reality. People just go on a merry-go-round year after year. And they go, why is my life changing? Cause you're on a merry-go-round. What do you think you're going to see the same thing you saw last round? And so there's, you've got to be willing to, to go deeper into things. And like, this is one of the, the things I watched with my dad before he died. He went into everything, but he didn't go deep. And, and so he was missing on the power of the compound where he would go. You, you can go into a lot of things, but like, I didn't go and study 50 different martial arts. I studied one for years and thousands and thousands of hours. And it was like a small number of things that I actually studied inside that. And with business, when I started real estate investing 22 years ago, I did one thing for five years. I just bought houses. There were like $100,000 houses. I bought 150 of them. I did the same boring ass thing for five years and it created a lot of wealth. And then when I got into trouble, it was me going out there saying, I am Superman. I am so smart. And so I went out there and did a bunch of stuff and got my ass kicked. So that it's, it, there is a stretch factor, but you, and I, I think it's really important to understand you got to go, you got to be willing to go deep. doesn't matter what you do, but you got to go deep and then you can compound that into the next thing. And then eventually one day you wake up and you're like, wow, how do I know how to do all this stuff? Like, or how do these work together? It doesn't really matter how they work together. They do because you went deep enough to build the muscle. Do, do you think long-term growth, because I just wanted to go back to what you said about, you know, you felt like a Superman. Do you think that long-term growth only really comes sustainable after you've cycled and you know what i mean by cycled in terms of you know you you've got to go and hit rock bottom at some point where you think you're on top of the world i mean we we did the same thing and this was at a lot smaller level but like you know we we made a hundred thousand dollars um in a very about four or five months and for me that was life-changing at the time and then we had twenty five thousand dollars come back in uh in two months and i didn't have the cash to pay for it and i thought i was going to go bankrupt and at that point, I was like, "Huh, I'm not quite the person that I thought I was." Do you do you think that that whole uh, going through that cycle is almost mandatory? It, it is mandatory. I think it's a gift from God. I think when you when you go through that process, I remember starting out at my very first seminar I went to, and I was I went out there to learn how to be a real estate person, like a real estate investor. And I go out and I went to these guys that were lending money, and I said, "Hey, I, I just bought my first rental house last week." And I'm excited and, and I'd like to borrow some money. And they they were like, okay, well, after you've bought five, call us, or if you've gone bankrupt. And I was like, what? And then I remember hearing a couple of people go, well, have, how many times have you gone bankrupt? I was like, what are you talking about? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I don't need to go bankrupt. I can just learn. And they're like, that's not how it works. And every it's like, like everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And I was like, I, I want to get rich, but I didn't want to go bankrupt. And I didn't want to lose everything. And that is, I, it's just part of the process. 
you learn about yourself. And I don't think that it's possible. If I see somebody that comes to me and says, I've never lost money. I've always done good. I'm not investing in anything with that, man. I want to know that you've had your, your butt handed to you and your face smashed. And, and it's, it creates a lot of um, understanding about who you really are. And it doesn't matter. Like I, I basically, I was in a fetal position for a while, for a couple of years. Like I didn't just get up and go, Oh, well that hurt. Let me go. Like I was beat up. And, and then I said, okay, what do I need to do? I'm taking responsibility for this whole thing. I think it's important. If you want to understand responsibility, you have to lose everything and own it. If you'd never actually lose things, if you never have to start over, how are you going to really know that you own it? The only time we really know anything about anybody is when they, they have to go to hell. It's like, okay, what's it like in hell? Man, it's hot. It hurts. And so you learn a lot in that process about who you are and you learn about people, how they show up, what they do next. I don't, it doesn't matter if you get knocked down. It doesn't matter if you lose your money. It matters what you do next. Mm. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I think we're very much in alignment. Maybe at different levels in terms of actual cash, but the feeling's still very similar. <laughs> uh, it is, and and I also I'll say something about the the amount. Sometimes people say, "Well, I mean, I only lost fifty thousand bucks," and I go, "If you ha- if all you have is fifty thousand dollars or five thousand, you lose everything." Now I say it's different with five thousand because you can go make that up in a month. But if you've saved fifty and it's taken you two or three years or whatever that is, or a hundred thousand. That's a real thing because it's like, wow, I have to start over. And it didn't, it took longer than a month. Like, who cares? If you lose everything you made in a month, whoop de doo, you can make it back next month. But if it took you three years or five or 10, that's, that's traumatic. So I get it. I guess it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, 100,000 or 5 million, 20 million, 100 million. It, those are just extra zeros. But when it's everything you have and it's years that took it to get, took it to get there, man, it, it's a, it's hard. And that's what builds people's, you know, who they are. Character, yeah, de- def- definitely. Now, th- this this is going into a bit of a deeper question as well, Damien. Uh, is what do you want to be remembered for when you die? I, I remember Tony Robbins asked Wayne Dyer that one time, and, and I thought his answer it really resonated with me. He's he basically said, "Yeah, you know, nothing. I just want to do a good job while I'm here, and and you know, it's, I don't need to be remembered." And and so I think that that's a big part of it. Like I'm not interested in, in the An- Andrew Carnegie process you make all the money in the world then you open up a bunch of libraries like I, I feel like my job is to do a great job here with the people that i'm leading with my clients with my my relationships uh be a good husband at some point you know just like be be the best possible my job is to have purpose be on purpose and do all i can not part of what i can and after i'm gone i mean i'm gone like i, I think people get really wound up about the legacy stuff and they forget about who they are during the process. Cause there's a lot of people that have done a lot of bad things and they've hurt people and then they have a bunch of money and then they go, okay, well I'll do good things when I'm dead. And I go, yeah, that, that's, that's a terrible plan. The universe, God does not think that that's a good idea. I'm convinced that that is not a good idea. And you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think the most important thing is what you do while you're here. Mm. Yeah. That, that's really interesting answer as well. Um, I love that. Now, what is one quick win that people can use to amplify the business or the finances today? A quick win, yeah. You know, I I think there's two things that I, I get asked, or people ask me all the time. What would you do to, if you woke up 20 years ago and you had to tell yourself, you know, your other your younger self something? Like the biggest thing you can do is get real about what's true and what's true about the numbers in your life. Like the biggest win you can have is knowing what the heck is going on today, because once you know and you own it then you can do something with it. I think people they're like, they don't want to acknowledge the truth. They don't want to look at their numbers because they're like, oh God, what is that? It's going to tell me what, how stupid I have been. The, the cool thing is that you can change it. If you don't know, you can't change it. You can't change a lie. 
And so getting, getting clear with the numbers and then having somebody to reflect back. So I tell, I tell people there's two people that matter more than anything else in your business world. It's the people that tell you the numbers. It's the people that tell you the truth. So your book, your bookkeeper, the person that's giving you clear, clean numbers, and this is at any level. I mean, when you first start out, it doesn't cost that much, but you need to have the person giving you the numbers, not you doing the numbers, somebody else. You get that person, and then you have somebody, your mentor, your coach, somebody that's bald or grayer than you that can give you feedback and perspective on those numbers. Because sometimes the numbers are really heinous, but then if they say, well, here, here's the path to go past where they are, and here's what you got to do. And you're like, oh, I'm not stuck in my numbers for the next year crying. And so it's those two people can, can create some massive wins overnight. Yeah, um, my my mentor says to me, you know, what what you measure gets managed, um, which is just it's just cru- crucial to to everything. Now, it's been absolutely awesome having you uh, on the show today, Damien. So, what seven figure entrepreneur would you nominate to be on the show next? Uh, I think one of the, the greatest human beings that's out there is his, his name is Mike Ayala, and um, he has he has a show called Freedom through investing. And he's just, he's a, he's a beautiful human being, wonderful relationship, great dad. And he, and he lives it. And that's, that's why it's, it's so valuable. And there's not very many people that live the whole deal. And anybody that knows him, anybody you ask, anybody that sees him will say the same thing. And I think that that's an incredibly rare thing. It's kind of like seeing a, an albino rhino in, in Africa or, you know, like a unicorn. And so when you see those, you go, wow, I should probably pay attention because this is not something I'm going to run into every day. And, and being able to model that type of person, and, and Mike would definitely say he's not perfect he's, and none of us are, it's just that he's conscious. And when you're conscious, you can consciously shift if you're willing to do the work in that consciousness. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah, we'd love to uh, have him on the show. Sounds like an awesome guest. Now, finally, where can people find out more about you and uh, what you do? Best place to go find me is eqrp.co. That's that's where the work is done. Uh, we, but in, you know, and this is we touch on it for a minute. But the, the retirement space is what we start with a lot of people just to make sure that they have control of their their retirement. Biggest concern people have, even beyond this you know this pandemic stuff, is am I going to run out of money? And so this is it's a whole ecosystem of education and providing people ideas and empowering them. So. I talk about it on Financial Underdogs on my podcast, just these different ideas about self-empowerment and and really the truth about money, finance, the you know the financial system, because there's a lot of just nonsense out there and there's a lot of agendas. My agenda is the truth. And so whether it's it's ugly or it's beautiful, the truth is the truth. And, I, and so I, that's the entire focus. If you want that, it might make you cringe and it might get deplatformed because I do not pull punches, but Financial Underdogs is is where I think people would get a lot of value because they're going to hear things that they would never hear anywhere else. Fantastic. Damien, it's been an absolute pleasure on the show. Really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks, Paul. Really appreciate you having me. You have been listening to the Amplified to Seven Figures podcast with me, Paul Ace, and my amazing guest, Damien Lupo. Remember, amplify your business and amplify your life. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Amplified to Seven Figures podcast. To access the show notes, episodes, and this month's giveaway, head over to www.amplifytosevenfigures.com. Remember, amplify your business, amplify Amplify your your life.